TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, a microphone. And a phony at the mic. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. I just go with what I do. Incorrect. Wait for it. And I hope you're hungry because the second half of this word is edible. Incredible. Jeff Lutz. Have you ever been nominated for anything of the year? Yeah. What? Man of the year by the NCAA. I didn't win it, but... Oh, my gosh. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. Don't touch that guy. Hello again, everybody. Welcome. It's a Thursday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. I'm Bob Lutz. Jeff Lutz is with me. Max Power is in our East studio producing and engineering at 869-1240, we had a, a plan to all be together today out east with Duda, Tom Thurber, Max, Tony, two of us, Tony Deucing, our program director. Uh, but it fell apart because of Jason Duda. He's not feeling well today. It's too bad. You know, a lot of us aren't feeling well today. Are you? Is but that we, a swipe? But we Duda? show up, we answer the bell, we get it done. We take care of our business. Are you not feeling well today? I'm not feeling my best, but I, I, I'm here. Well, Duda's entire family is under the weather. Well, I'll, that's, I'll that's cut him too some bad. slack for that. He's not a guy that I figure would uh, call in sick very often. You wouldn't think. What, what about tomorrow? Uh, it's going to depend on how he's feeling. Well, I reached out to Chris Davis. Is he available? Uh, he doesn't text back very often. Chris Davis is unreliable. There, there you go. That's too bad. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about it. I love the guy. But there's times when he'll immediately text back. That's about 15% of the time. Right. There's times when he'll eventually text back. That's about 40% of the time. And there's times when he just won't ever uh, return communication. That's about 45% of the time. That's how that works. Uh, and it, it, that 45% is beyond irritating. Yeah, I don't like it, but what are you going to do? I don't know. What, what is his life like that he doesn't text back? Like, what is he involved? I don't know. Everybody has their phones with them at all times. Seems like it. So I don't buy the ex- – now, there's times when I don't text back immediately, but that's only if I'm doing something or I've got – and then I, I make sure to, to try to – I must, I almost always eventually text back. Right. One a couple times maybe it slips through the cracks. And I get a lot of texts, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Who well, and I do. Of course. That's just a fact of life. Uh but I try to do my best to communicate. You got to try. I mean, it's, so that's what we're down to at this point. Nobody calls. Now there's been a couple times when you've texted I haven't gotten back to you as timely as I'd I'm not really that worried about it. Uh, I don't know why that is. Now, why is that? Let's let's examine it. Well, I think I think uh, the most recent time I was sleeping when you texted, and then I just I just blew it off. That happens. Uh, blow it off though. Well, I don't. I didn't mean to blow it off. I eventually got back to you. Thank you. Um, So there. Have you noticed anything different today? You cut off your hair again. What do you think about that? Well, I wish you get all the hairs, but other than well, that. Well, I'm going to go back and go over it again. It always takes a, a second time. It shouldn't. It does. I don't uh, understand why. Well, it just does. But tell me why do you think I do it? Ease. That's pretty much it. The hair had grown out. Um, it was getting 
fairly long, actually. And I just decided today, okay, do you want to mess with your hair as a 68-year-old man? Do you want to comb well, it's it? It's good that you have hair at 68. And, and, uh, and, and you know, you know, go to the barber and and uh, you know, get hair products and things like that. Hair products? When or, have you ever used a hair product? Or do you just want to cut and it when short? If, and I, honestly, when have you ever combed your hair would be the next question. I always comb my no, hair. No, you don't. It doesn't look like it. It looks like you just wake up and you go with it. That's it? Kind of. Well, that's mean. I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. I comb my hair. Do people use combs anymore? I comb. I like, are I comb my hair every day. Are combs still in circulation? Well, I would hope so. What do you think people use? Brushes. I don't think men comb their hair. Well, I got a variety of combs. Yeah, they probably do. Our TV people comb their hair. Their hair is, looks immaculate every day. I recently bought a, a number of combs at the grocery store. Well, that's where you should get them. Right but, down in aisle 18. No, I, I, I order online. You just said you went to the grocery no, store. I said from the grocery store. What's the difference? I get my groceries online. Well, it's still the you got it from the grocery store. Right. I didn't you, you go didn't, to, but I didn't go to the grocery store. You didn't go get some high end comb. You got the plastic one that'll That's all I need. That's good then. What would make a comb better than another comb? I don't know. I'm not interested in that question. I'm just trying to figure out because there are quality that question didn't interest there are you know, high quality combs. That question didn't even register with me. Well, you, and I've never said that in my life. But you think about things that have very little difference in quality, like a pen, for example. A pen either writes or it doesn't. But there are really expensive pens. Well, I like Why? the I like the thin uh, comb hairs. You know the where you where you can really comb your hair. Right. But I, I've never said to anyone in my life I don't want to answer that question. Uh, well, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. Line of uh, questioning. It's not an issue. You can get through life with Bic pins and plastic combs and Bic razors, and really there's no difference if you're having the high-quality pins, the high-quality razors. No difference. I've never believed in high-quality pins. However, my dad did sell pins for some time. And well, obviously not well life. enough if he didn't sway his own flesh and blood. Well, I've, had, I've had some nice pins. He also sold shoes. Um, and he was, he was very enthusiastic. Here's what my dad did. I want you to know this. Okay. Because you sit over there and you don't do a damn thing. I don't. Um, at one time, here's what my dad did. He worked an eight hour shift at Beach Aircraft every day. All right. As an inspector. Then when he got home, he took his shoes off for a moment, relaxed. Then he went to Redbud IGA where he cut meat in the evenings uh, for a couple hours. And then, on top of all that, he had this side business selling shoes, selling pins. Where did he, he get these shoes and pins from? Well, he worked for a company that did it. And he was a salesman for them. And uh, it was he was a worker. And I think that's where I got it from. And uh, must be where I got that it. That third generation kind of fell off. I wonder if his dad must have been a worker, too. I don't know. Hard to know. Based on what I know of him. Because he grew up in the 18, like post Civil War. Born in 1868. Yeah. But I know for many years he worked on his family farm. And then when he got to Winfield. I'm. I was told he had multiple jobs, including uh, being the janitor at the First Methodist Church in Winfield. So that's a lot. Don't you think that's interesting? He hustled. I yeah. wish that stuff interesting. Who you. said it didn't? I don't know. You just don't seem to be that uh, invested in family history. Of course, I am. Eight six nine Extremely four forty. Invested. Uh, we've got a good show on tap for you today. Ann Rogers 
will join us. He's a reporter at MLB.com and covers the Royals. Well, we'll talk about Kansas City and its uh, upcoming and, in, and current off-season plans uh, with Ann Rogers. Uh, Jay Dickman from the Wichita Thunder. They start their season tomorrow night down at Intrust Bank Arena. Uh, man, already, October 20th, uh, they dropped the puck. And Jay Dickman will join us to talk about the Thunder and their prospects for 2023-24. And in second hour, we'll make our picks with Jason Duda and with Max. And we have eight interesting games today. Every single one of them I find interesting. Yeah. You do? <laughs> Let me see how many I find interesting. That's all you got. Eh. Let me see. Probably. I think no, not really. Not really. Sort of. Not really. Which one don't you find interesting? The second one on the list? Oklahoma State, West Virginia. We can't just say what the, what the games are. Why? Because we're picking them later. Yeah, so what? Oklahoma State, West Virginia, they're both 4-2. and two. Uh, They're both uh, one-loss conference right. teams. They're, uh, they're making the, – the winner of that game is in the midst of it in the Big 12 football race. To a degree. No, no. They are in the midst of it. Until they play a team that matters, yeah. Which Oklahoma they're... State's beaten K-State and Kansas. Right. That's impressive. So there's Whether obviously you want to give them credit or not. Whether you are so bent on your hatred no, of Mike just, Gundy, and I don't hate Mike Gundy. Your disrespect of him, uh, maybe uh, whatever you have for Mike Gundy, you got to give him credit for the last two. Okay, weeks. but that that tells me more about KU and K State. I think KU and K State are good teams. I think they're okay, but you have one, maybe two. I don't even know if Oklahoma and Texas are good, to be honest. Texas beat Alabama, uh, and that sent Alabama, like, they get no love at all. They're still ranked, like, 11th uh, with one loss. And to oh, the, we're picking Alabama at home against Tennessee. Well, that'll be a cow's car That's boat. That's an interesting game. Sort of. Uh, I think they're all interesting. Penn State, Ohio State, a battle of unbeatens. Uh, TCU, Kansas State, fascinating game. Uh, and then Duke, Florida State. A lot of points. So what makes some of these games interesting is the point spread. 14.5 for Florida State. Uh, There will be people in this group of pickers who choose Duke. Probably. You think multiple? I don't know. You said people. Yeah, a person or people. Don't be. Listen, you know what a short fuse I have. (laughs) Why? Even that little thing right there set me off. Why? You because said people. You said people, and they. No, I was so going to. literal. No, I, I said, yet, do you think multiple? And then you said, well, one. And, and then, well, yet you said in people. your body of work, uh, you make mistakes all the time. We all make mistakes. So stop with the literal. Uh, here's why you, you need to correct You know me. what? I'm, I am, I am anti, anti-typo person. We get these, and I don't make a ton. I Usually the people that send in typos are not from stories that I posted on the Internet. But uh, we get emails all the time. Well, is, this should be that or that. I mean, it's one letter difference. Like, stop. I mean, I know, but stop. Well, here's the thing. You are a journalistic operation. Understood. And there are people out there. I heard from them my entire career. And I never said, well, just stop. Just because I value that. I so do, too, to a degree. You know, to, you to know a who degree. often called English teachers? Okay. And I, I appreciated that because it made me more cognizant. Yeah, I made some mistakes. I, I never wanted to make a mistake. I always, it always bothered me uh, when I had a typo or when it got into the paper or whatever, or when I used a word wrong or and it somehow got through the editing process. But you could bank on it. That next morning, and they, the calls were mostly friendly, but you were going to get one that said, I'm a former English teacher, and I just wanted to remind you that you had this syntax wrong. And well, the, English and, and journalism it, are different. And, and, I, and I appreciated just, that. 
But here's here's why I'll I'll take the email. What I don't like is when you, in this case, me or whoever's replying back, uh, you humanize it a little bit and then you don't hear from them again. So they just wanted to get you right. So when you say, "Hey, man, thanks for the catch. We really appreciate it. Thanks for reading. Yeah, I guess I should have had that second cup and of coffee." And you better keep that. And, uh, and you better keep doing that because that's the only way to operate. I know that's what we do, but I wish they would then come back that's and not, say, "Doesn't matter. Hey, happy to help. Appreciate you guys." That's they irrelevant. They just want to get you. Now you just want you just want. Uh, I just want to have a communal. That's not. That's not what it's forth. all about. It should be. No, it should be. You get your ass corrected, and you you listen to the people. Well, I'm going to call them next time they make a mistake. No, you're not. Yeah, because I, I don't see it. Because it's not public, but it happens. And they have a right above everything else to correct us. Fine, but again, once I reply, say, "Hey, really appreciate you guys. Just, Thanks for the thing. You know, I, I caught it, but hey, it happens." You sometimes. know what I said? I didn't do this email stuff. They called me, and I engaged with them. I said, "Thank you. Where'd you teach English?" <laughs> no, you didn't. I wish I'd have had you as an English teacher. That never happened once. That you, happened all you, the with time. With your short fuse, you were seething. I loved hearing from people. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. Well, of course. Made your day. I'm sure you probably made typos on purpose just so they'd call. No, mostly the the calls from English teachers weren't about the typos. They were about you could have sentence structure. Yeah, you you don't end a sentence with a you know. But journalism is different. I wouldn't say more creative license because English writing's creative. It's just a different style, more conversational. Right. I I uh, use short sentences a lot. And those aren't all, are always appreciated by uh, the English teachers out there in the world. But they work for my style of writing. Right. So I developed a style of writing. It took me a long time. But I developed it over time, over trial and error, over English teachers calling. Helpfully. And and learning what and putting their name on it and, and and saying it to your uh, proverbial face, you know. Now I can sit down and I can, I can write without much doubt about what I'm doing, but for many years I had extreme doubt about what I was doing. Well, don't writing's like anything else; it's a skill you develop. Yeah, it's not easy. Right. So the more English teachers, the better. And the more people who correct you over at Channel 12, the better off you'll be. Because I look at that website all the time, and I see a mistake in almost everything that's, no, you don't. that's done there. So let's shore it up a little bit. I, I don't have as many typos. Let's tighten but it. I have some. I'm not going to deny it. Let's tighten it up a little bit. Well, we're doing our best. That's all I ask. You know, we got to get out fast. We got to. It don't have to be first, but we got to be competitive with other stations in the market. Yeah, that's killing journalism. Do it right. Don't do it fast. That's what we used to say. Well, we would again. We want to do it right first, but we also have to be competitive. I understand. We that. also have to have the impression that hey, Channel Twelve's on top of it. Channel Twelve is on top of it. You knew who was on top of it? The Wichita Eagle. Yeah, which still is in many cases. Which published a, uh, a paper the next morning. You know why they were on top of it? Because they didn't just get the nuts and bolts. They got in-depth about right. the stories they printed. That's what I want to do at uh, at Channel 12. I want to report it, but if you don't have enough time. Well, I'll tell you, one, one, uh, if you want an in-depth story, get, get somebody. Do you still have an investigative I-team? Yeah, we have uh, Haley Tucker. All right, tell her this. fact finder. Tell her this. Uh, you know, Lily Wu's running her campaign and, and Brandon Whipple to some degree about we want to beef up our police force, right? Sure. So I'd like a, an in-depth story on what that beefed-up police force would do. What are the levels of crime that are skyrocketing with a uh, thinner, leaner police force? And especially... As I drive around the streets of Wichita, is anybody handing out tickets anymore? Because the drivers in this community are free and loose. Yeah, but they're also terrible. So let's let's work on that story. Well, why don't you call in and suggest it? I don't call in. 
You have a news meeting every day. Sure do. And here's what I want you to say. My dad, who has a few years in I'll this. I'll say I came up with this one, and no, here's what I have. <laughs> here's what you say. My dad, who has a few years in this business, suggests that we do this. And uh, who's on board? And unless every hand in that room goes up, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep my hand down then. Well, I would hope you'd. I'm serious. Well, so be, I don't want to tell you about it. That'd all. be a good story. It's I, a, I know. It's a it's a point of contention in the race for mayor. Very much so. And we've got the fraternal order of police coming out and saying stuff. It's it's getting messy. Well, I'd like to I'd like to hear more about it. Um, I'd like to know what additional police officers would do. And I and I am in agreement that there is a need for more. But are is are enough people going to the academy to make it happen, or is it just something you say to try to get votes? Well, we got the mayoral forum tonight at six thirty. Well, I can't wait for it. Lily Wu and Brandon Whipple, hosted by uh, Michael Schwenke. Can't wait for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in. Actually, I'll be watching baseball, but I may record it. Because I want to hear what they say about this, and I hope Michael Schwanky ask him about this. I hope so too. Get it? Send him a text. No, he's the boss. I don't <laughs> give him suggestions. All right, time for a break. When we come back, we will talk Royals baseball. Ann Rogers from MLB.com. She covers the Royals. Uh, we'll get into what their off-season plans might be. Stay with us. This is Bob and Jeff show on KFH. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. I mean, mine week here musically on the show. This is I Saw You First from John Mellencamp. And Rogers joins us. MLB.com, she uh, writes about the Royals, and they are coming off a subpar season, to say the least. Hello, Ann. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. So when we talk about the Royals, we're always talking about the the future because that's really all we have. And I guess I'll start with uh, two building blocks that they have right now that would be encouraging for almost any team, and that would be Bobby Witt. And Cole Reagans, who was acquired in a in a trade this year for Roldis Chapman, and came over to Kansas City and pitched like an ace. Are those two sufficient to build around? And how would you go around uh, about building around those two players? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, Bobby had a great year, um, a historic year uh, with his 30-30. Um, so absolutely, you can build around him. And then Cole had great 12 starts with the Royals when he came over. I'd like to, you know, obviously see that. <clears throat> excuse me for for a whole season. So we'll see how that kind of progresses into next year. But I do think that gives the Royals a base, um, especially with Bobby on the position player side. And you kind of look around the infield. They they feel good about Vinny Pasquantino at first base and Michael Garcia at third base. So there there are pieces, but certainly not not enough. Um, I think that, you know, the Royals have a big, big offseason ahead of them, uh, just as far as kind of, you know, adding to those guys and helping them out because you can't just rely on, on Bobby. Uh, you can't just rely on Cole every every fifth day. So um, you've got to build some depth. Uh, and, you know, in the lineup, you've got to build, you know, production. And so that's going to be their, their biggest um, – uh, you know, what they want to do this offseason. What could you see the rotation potentially looking like next year? I know Brady Singer's been talked about in trades. Uh, we, we'll wait to see what happens with, with Zach Grinke. Uh, you know, the fifth starter role was kind of a, a come-and-go thing last year. So, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what moves they will make, but what do you think is the is the in, intent to put together a starting staff there? Yeah, I think uh, at, at the end of the season press conference, general manager J.J. Piccolo said, Piccolo said three names, and that's Cole Reagans, Brady Singer, and Jordan Miles as, as the three guys that they, they have in the rotation right now. So that leaves two spots, and of course they can fill those internally. Um, I just don't think that they can assume that they want to do that. Um, so they're going to go out and they're going to look for pitching. Will it be the top-tier free agents? No, probably not. Um but I do think there are some names out there that are pending free agents that the Royals could go after and, um, you know, target, say, hey, we need to take the next step forward. Let's go get this guy who knows how to win um, and who, who can take the ball every fifth day. Um, so that's absolutely an option. So there, there are two spots that are open. and uh, You could argue three uh, just because Jordan Lyles had a tough year, and I don't know exactly what the Royals are going to do with him. He's under contract for next year, but – um, for sure, two spots. I think the Royals are going to go out and look at some pitching this offseason. And Rogers, our guest from MLB.com, Royals beat writer. I guess if there's an encouraging aspect to all this, it's that the Royals are in a division that uh, doesn't appear insurmountable. I know the Twins are pretty good. The, the Guardians are pretty good. Uh, the Tigers are building what they think is a, a contending franchise. The White Sox have been floundering for a while. So I guess in that regard, uh, it, there's got to be some hope because the division is not daunting. I, I Absolutely. I, I think you're, you're, you're right there. Um, the Twins looked really good down the stretch this year and uh, obviously got kicked out of the playoffs last round, but um, I thought they looked really, really good. So they're going to be definitely making some additions here this offseason to make them better. Um, but – I do think that the AL Central is probably, <laughs> if you're going to want to take a step forward, this is the division to, to be in, right? Because the NL East is, you know, uh, a dominant force. The AL East is pretty good. Uh, um, so the Central Division seems like the, the ones that you could probably make a couple of acquisitions, a couple of moves, and all of a sudden you're looking out, you know, those first two spots. Um, so that's, that's an advantage for the Royals. So, you know, the Royals have, at least in the last 10 years or so, been pretty loyal to their to their star players. They kept that World Series core together for quite a while. Uh, it took a while to trade Whit Merrifield. They bring Zach Grinke back. Uh, so Salvador Perez would kind of be the next guy on that list. Uh, you know, got away from catching a little bit. Freddie Fermin emerged. Uh, does he have a long-term future with the Royals, in your opinion, still? Yeah, as of right now, uh, yes. But that changed really quickly at the deadline. The, the Royals did explore trades for him at the trade deadline this year, and I, I do think that sets up some conversations this offseason. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. I think there's a shift right now um, with uh, the Royals. They're not, they're not so set on keeping those stars if it, if it makes sense for them to move them and get uh, the prospects needed to make this team better as a whole. Uh, that That's a pretty big mindset change that I'm seeing here in the front office. So um, we'll see if, if that plays out. But I don't think the Royals are 
completely against tra- trading Salvador Perez, which I don't think I could have said a couple of years ago. Um, so those are some conversations that I think uh, we'll start to hear about this offseason. Ann Rogers with us from MLB.com. I'm going to get back to the Royals with my next question, but I'm going to I'm going to divert from the Royals and ask you a, a larger question because we uh, saw this week that Kim Ng from the uh, Miami Marlins stepped down after uh, management ownership uh, told her that they wanted wanted her to be second in command, even after she had built a roster that uh, qualified for the National League playoffs this year. Uh, we saw the Giants uh, interview a woman to for their managerial opening, and we saw the reaction to that on Twitter, uh, some good and a lot a lot bad. So as a woman in baseball, Ann, and, and I applaud you and others, that we have so many uh, uh, women journalists who are covering the game right now, and that's awesome. Uh, what's your reaction when you see things like that? You know, if they're qualified to do the job, they should get the job. That's pretty much my reaction. Kim Ng was qualified, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she uh, she certainly was qualified, and she stepped down out of her own, uh, you know, because she wanted to, uh, because she didn't think she was getting the respect that she deserved. So I admire her for doing that. All right. I just was curious what you thought about all that. Well, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, how much have you heard about uh, how his rehab is going? I know that's a, a tough injury uh, that he had to fully recover from sometimes or at least do it quickly. So what what have you heard about uh, his recovery and his, I, I presume, availability for spring training? Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, back to baseball activity, which is a good sign. Um, so he'll have a pretty healthy offseason, uh, normal offseason, I guess I should say. Um, barring any setbacks there and uh, and be ready for spring training 2024. So he's on track. He's been on track for uh, ever since the surgery, um, which is great to hear. And that's what gives the Royals confidence about their offense uh, moving forward into next year. All right, Ann Rogers with us. Our final moments here. We're going to, I wanted to ask you too, because this is a franchise, the Royals, that not only had trouble on the field, but they don't have many uh, high quality top prospects in their farm system at the moment. They have some good prospects, but no one that's currently in the top 100. And they brought over a new scouting director uh, in Brian Bridges, who had that position with the Braves uh, from 2000, uh, somewhere in the 2000s. He had highly successful drafts. Uh, how, how much is that a need for the Royals? Uh, how much, uh, not only on their major league roster, but they have to uh, start becoming more successful with their drafting, don't they? Yeah, I would argue, you know, the draft is more than just the first round. Obviously, the first round is the most important. You want to hit on those guys. Um, it's not always going to happen, but you want more success than failures. Uh, and, the, and the Royals, that's their, that's their biggest flaw right now is the first round, right? Because you look at the rest of the rounds and um, you've got – some pretty good major leaguers. You've got a lot of value in those rounds, but they've got to hit on the most expensive player they're drafting, right? So um, that's a major focus for them. Um, you know, you look back in a, a couple of years, Bobby Witt Jr. is obviously a, a success. Brady Singer is a success. But after that, you know, you still kind of want to evaluate Gavin Cross, Frank Mazzucato, and then obviously Blake Mitchell from last year. Um, but having only two guys in however many years is, is definitely something they want to fix. Um, so they're really excited about Brian Bridges uh, talking to him. I think he's going to be really valuable for the Royals, the way he um, scouts, the way he manages uh, the draft room and, and the scouts that come with it. So um, it should be interesting, but absolutely it's a, it's a big role uh, and it's a big hire for the Royals. I think um, they, they got a lot of praise for it right after it happened. And one more. Uh, the Royals decided not to make any changes in their manager or their field staff. Uh, I think they want to add to the dugout. Uh, what What did you make of that? Were you surprised that a team that lost over 100 games is going to go with the status quo uh, in the dugout? No, not surprised at all. Uh, a lot of those guys were in their first year. Um, what the Royals are trying to do is not going to happen in one year. Um, 
so they've got to give those guys uh, a little bit more of some leeway, uh, you know, a couple years to try to make the changes that they, they want to see. You started to see some positive results later in the year, so that gives you some hope uh, going into next year and beyond. But, no, not surprised at all. It was very expected that the Royals would keep all of their coaches, and um, I'm really interested to see how they add to that dugout, get some more veteran voices in there to help out. Good stuff. Thank you, Ann. We always appreciate your time. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Ann Rogers, MLB.com, talking Royals. I'll tell you, when I watch this postseason and I gauge it uh, to the team I love, the Cardinals, man, the Cardinals got a lot of work to do. Everybody says, I'll just go get some pitching and you'll be right back. These lineups, these lineups. Well, maybe Arizona's not quite as... No, they're not as daunting, but their lineup's not terrible. It's good. But the Phillies, Astros, and uh, Rangers, I mean, it's it's ridiculous how good those hitters are. Yeah, they're all really good. Makes me uh, worry also. But, you know, we got Manzardo, so we're fine. Oh, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he'll, say, he'll rescue the day. Do we need to have Brian Green on again to convince you? Well, I, I hope he works out for you. But I'll say this. As good as he may be, he's never going to be Jordan Alvarez. This guy is ridiculous. Well, there's only one Jordan Alvarez on the planet. Which makes me think, you know, I hearken back to game one when Jordan Montgomery struck him out three times. Jordan Montgomery is going to make a lot of money. No doubt. free agent left-handed pitcher. And you want to know a, a sort of even not really, I guess, scarier, but sort of scarier. The Dodgers had Jordan Alvarez. They traded them for a reliever. Right. It's crazy. So that's a guy that figured it out. And now he's the most dangerous hitter in the game. And every time he steps to the plate, you're ex- I mean, it took a over-the-fence grab last night. Well, yeah, him- it looks like he should hit a home run every time. He covers so much of the plate. He rarely gets fooled. He hits the ball extremely hard. I don't know how you get the guy out. He's amazing. And that's fun to watch. And uh, we've got uh, game four coming up uh, right after we leave the air uh, today. Not on this network, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then tonight we've got game three uh, in the National League. The Phillies at Arizona to play the Diamondbacks. And I wouldn't want anything to do with the Phillies right now. Bryce Harper's the second most imposing hitter. Why do I feel like, and I'm not calling you wrong, but I was listening to Jim Rome today. They were talking about Arizona, a day game. So is that tomorrow? No, you're right. It's Arizona Philly that's the afternoon. Okay. You're right. How about that? See, that's what I, that's what I pride myself on, cordially accepting criticism. Yeah, that's awesome. And you do that well, all the time. I do that all the time. All it, the time. If somebody tells me I'm wrong and, they're, and I am wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm almost over the moon for them. But that's much better. We'd much rather have the American League game at night since that's the more interesting series. Well, I like watching Philly. I, I get it. But the atmosphere won't be as great in Arizona. Oh, it'll be good. The, the Diamondbacks will show up. It won't be as good as Philly. It'll be good. No, it won't be as good as Philly. But it's Arizona's a different animal. It's an indoor facility. Right. They're opening up Globe Life Field tonight. All right, Jay Dickman joins us from the Wichita Thunder. They have the Kansas City Mavericks at home tomorrow night, the season opener, 7.05 at Intrust Bank Arena. Uh, Jay, welcome. Thank you. Uh, excited to be here. Yeah, so you uh, you are a longstanding member of the Wichita Thunder. Uh, you've played in 209 games for the Thunder over the past three or four seasons. Uh, how did that happen? How do you think that came about? Um, well, I started my career in Indy, um, and just, uh, they had a lot of depth and Rammer made a trade for me and, uh, he gave me an opportunity that I've haven't had in my career. And, uh, I took my opportunity and ran with it. And, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a big guy on giving back and, Rammer gave me my opportunity, so I'm going to give him as much as I can and as long as I can play, too. So what what do you like about Wichita as far as the fit, uh, obviously, with uh, Rammer, as you call him, uh, Bruce Ramsey, your head coach? 
uh, giving you an opportunity. I'm sure that makes you feel comfortable. But what just about the fit uh, keeps you uh, here in Wichita? Uh, it's it's close to home too. Um, I'm from Minnesota, so it's uh, it's only about seven and a half hours from my home. Um, so a family can come visit. Um, I love I love the town. I love the city. Um, it's a smaller smaller town compared to where I'm from, but um, I love just being in the community, getting to know everybody. Uh, playing for Wichita has been great. Uh, you get to know the fans. You get to interact with them. Uh, doing just little things, going to schools, going to hospitals, and stuff like that. Uh, just getting to be able to interact with everybody is a great thing, and uh, obviously giving it an opportunity to play here, uh, and I'm so thankful for it. So how do you like your Ferrari? You must be driving one to get from here to St. Paul in seven and a half hours. <laughs> that's, that's pretty quick, Jay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a – you guys have different – you guys on the 35, it's 75 uh, mile an hour, so, you know, just kind of go a little bit faster. Um, and for me, it's nice – I. Take, I take 35 the whole way, that, all the way to home. So I don't have to get off on any roads or anything. So it's not too bad. Jay Dickman, our guest from the Wichita Thunder. Again, they open the season tomorrow at home against the Kansas City Mavericks. Then they go to Kansas City to play the Mavericks on Saturday night. So how many how many six six guys play hockey? And did you have a growth spurt after you started playing really competitive hockey? I'm just curious about that. Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many six six guys play hockey. <laughs> uh, I know there's a few. Uh, I mean, we had uh, Vincent DeHarnay here, uh, obviously playing for Edmonton Oilers now. Uh, he and I are about the same height. Um, but growing up, I hit a growth spurt about I think my night. You're going into my ninth 10th grade uh year of high school and i went from about 510 to 66 in the summer and wow. a lot of growing pains and uh unfortunately ended up breaking my back um going into the hockey season so i missed the whole entire hockey season uh being in a body cast is 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 being 66 on the ice is that inherently a strength is there something you have to compensate for to uh, kind of use that height to your advantage, or is it just already an advantage because maybe you get to play a little bit more physically? Uh, it's, it's definitely an advantage. Uh, there's also disadvantages. I'm not as fast as the, little, the littler guys or the smaller guys. Um, but, you know, I <clears throat> growing up, I worked with a guy named David Backus, um, and he he would sit sit after practice with me uh, in the summers, and just tell me like, you know, the big guys aren't ever going to be the fastest, but we can be definitely be the smartest. And uh, you know, I I thrive on using my hockey sense and my brain uh, to put me in positions to be able to keep up with the the fast guys. And um, especially now now the game's gotten a lot faster, um, not as physical. Uh, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm not a big physical guy. Um, if I have to, I will. But, you know, I I like creating space for my uh, line mates. Um, and that's a big thing for being a big guy, uh, getting down in the corners, uh, bringing in two guys instead of just one guy. And that just creates more space for everybody else on the ice. Talking with Wichita Thunder forward Jay Dickman. He's uh, scored 66 goals as a member of the Thunder with 102 assists. The Thunder begins its 2023-24 season tomorrow against Kansas City. So you're also doing some coaching with this squad, right? Yep. How's that, how's that working out? And is that uh, something that uh, you want to pursue, pursue more in your future? Uh, definitely, I do want to pursue it in my future. Um, when I do find the day that I'm going to hang up my skates and call her good. Um, but uh, so far, it's been good. Um, you know, just over the summers, helping Rammer, look at look at players. Um, you know, he sends me things. Uh, I give him ideas, little pointers. Um, 
and just help help them around the rink. Um, make sure uh, we got a lot of young guys this year, and uh, you know it's kind of a leadership role where kind of show the kids how to how to be a pro um, in everyday lifestyle and on the ice, off the ice. Uh, it's just the little things, um, and you know moving up into pros into the pro level. Uh, the biggest step for everybody is it's the little details uh, to your game that people don't really see that as big as a big step. But when you look at it, when you break down players and whatnot, um, the big the big step is the details in the game. And so, if I'm able to help these guys out and be uh, in the coaching spot where these guys can feel free to ask me questions and whatnot. And I can give them pointers and um, I'm a, I'm a pretty laid back guy. So people aren't afraid to come talk to me. Uh, Some guys get scared to talk to coaches, um, but all these guys know that I'm pretty laid back and uh, always here to help them. If it's on ice, off ice, family, anything. Um, And it's been fun. Uh, You know, it's just the start of the year. We're about two weeks in and, been a good uh good two weeks so far laid back except when you drive apparently i'll, I'll get off that now jay Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so jay what was your off season like uh, this off season you talked a little bit about the preparing for coaching and and helping bruce look at players and things like that but also you turned 30 uh, i'm sure you still still feel pretty good uh physically but as you get uh, into your 30s do you work out in the off season prepare harder uh, because maybe it takes a little bit longer, or do you ease off just so you'll preserve your body as long as you possibly can? Well, uh, this summer was a little different for me. Uh, I had uh, I had wrist surgery at the end of the year. Um, I was playing. I played the last month and a half with a broken wrist. Um, obviously, we're we're just in about one point out of playoffs, and I wasn't going to sit out and watch. Um, and so, at the end of the year, I had surgery, which probably was the best thing for me because normally I I don't I don't take much time off I like to just get right into it but um you know this summer I I kind of took took about a month off and then I started to get in start doing biking and stuff like that um a little bit different couldn't do any really weightlifting um until later in the summer uh, about a month out is when I got cleared and didn't do, couldn't do skating. So it's, it was a little bit different summer for me. Normally I like to, to golf and, uh, skate. Um, and I do, I work, work in the summers, do some landscaping, some manual labor, um, you know, but it's, I feel good. Uh, body feels great right now. Uh, and to be honest, I think might've been a little bit of a blessing in disguise, uh, taking that time off, uh, just to, get the body back to healthy and get ready for the long season. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show. It's a season that starts tomorrow for the Wichita Thunder against the Kansas City Mavericks at Interest Bank Arena. Jay, best of luck to you and the team. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Uh, There you go, Jay Dickman. Uh, You didn't give me the information I was seeking from you. From from me, what was the uh, – I don't even remember the information that you were seeking from me. Well, Wichita to St. Paul. Nine six, hours. 635 miles. Uh, so if you would do the calculating uh, about – 450 if you, minutes. If you, drive, if you make it there in seven and a half hours, uh, how fast is your average speed? <laughs> what's well, the, I mean, uh, what, what, what's you, the math? Give me the – what do I enter? Is this what I paid for, <laughs> this education? I mean, all you do is, is figure it out. Well, what's the problem? So if you're driving 636 miles right, at a rate of 75 miles an hour, how long should that take you to get there? How many miles? <laughs> you're blithering. 635? I mean, this is awful. That should take you. I sent you, you to good schools. To St. Paul from Wichita at 75, averaging 7 yeah. miles, averaging, 75. Averaging 75. It's still 8.5 hours. 
So he has to average. What if what if you drive? What if you average eighty five miles per hour? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> that uh, is seven and a half. So he averages eighty five miles. Seven point four seven. Does he not stop? I guess not. That would bring down your average, right? Or yeah, or bring up your average. So he's going eighty five on I thirty five. From the, the whole way. From the get-go. Yeah. Well, that doesn't include the time it takes to get to I-35. Takes a little while. So he's going 90. I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, anyway. Did he specifically say St. Paul? Yes. St. Paul from Wichita, 635.8 miles. That's that's wild. I mean, I I can drive to St. Louis, which is 430 miles, significantly shorter here. It takes me six and a half hours to drive to St. Louis. Yeah, it's about a six-hour drive. And I don't just uh, mollycoddle it. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Where do you go? Well, I-70 is a little bit trickier than I-35. Right. Slows down to 55 at times. It's a lot a lot more traveled road. Yeah, but between here and Kansas City, there's not much. Well, I don't care about that. I'm talking about Kansas City to St. Louis. I understand. You can't average 85 but, miles but an hour on I-70. no one goes the speed limit on I-70 in Kansas City. Or 470 or 670 or 435. Well, I, don't know what, I don't know what that looks like. I do. I'm saying we need a national crackdown on speeding. <laughs> Right here. You are old. What is that? Did that make me old? I think so. Time for a break. Hour number two coming up. We will make picks coming up at 325 with Max and Jason Duda. We look forward to that. We'll be back. The Bob and Jeff Show on KFH. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 